Hi, this is Sarah Jenner, and you're listening to another episode of Noble Leaders Having No Bull Conversations. Today, I'm very excited to have Rhonda Oscan joining us. Rhonda is an organizational health consultant with Great West Life, now Canada Life, um, and I'm thrilled to have her here with us today. Rhonda, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> so I'm going to dive right into the questions and pick your brain. You have been going through the Mindful Leader training with me. I mean, you were part of our pilot group. You were the originals. Um, and now you're co-facilitating with me as well to Calgary individuals and leaders. And so I want to know, through your experience, what does being a noble leader mean to you? That's a really great question. I think to me, no being a noble leader um, really comes with uh, having a sense of humility mm. Um really being able to bring bring to leave kind of all those negative thoughts mm -hmm. uh behind not worrying about what are people thinking how are people judging you because i think when we worry about that um that's when we kind of take actions mm -hmm. that may negatively imp impact our employees we, without that really being our intention absolutely right and so i think with that it's about um really taking time to listen mm -hmm. and we talk about that a lot in mindful leader right yeah. like those those really uncomfortable pauses mm -hmm. and long pauses and being able to listen and and making sure that people have really got out all their thoughts yeah right and not trying to fill the silence <laughs> yeah or direct things where you want it to go and yes. again unintentionally sometimes I think as leaders we want to help people and we're excited or passionate or we have a way that we think or have seen worked mm -hmm. before and so um jumping in and and often steering the conversation and I think then people are left maybe walking out saying I'm not even sure that's where I wanted to go yeah. or that's what I wanted to say yeah and sometimes with the best of intentions that if we've seen something work before I mean most of us leaders, especially those who would consider themselves a noble leader or a mindful leader, don't want to see someone suffer unnecessarily. And so to see someone struggle trying to find what works for them, sometimes I think we just want to jump in and find that perfect solution as soon as possible for them because we want to make it easier on them and I guess also make it easier on us as leaders and easier on the organization as well. Um, but I loved what you said, that idea of being able to not question yourself as much and not have the, that overthinking moment and instead being having humility and being humble and just speaking your truth. And so I know I still struggle with that as a leader. And so what is your like secret tips? How did you get to that point? Like, was it very early on or was it something you learned along the way? Oh, definitely something I learned along the way yeah. and something I struggle with. I mean, when I look back at my journey with Great West Life, I, I uh, was a rehabilitation consultant mm -hmm. uh, for 10 or so years and then an organizational health consultant. And so when I meet with people, really my role has always been resource. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, when, you, when you're on a fixed timeline and people are wanting solutions quick, um, and they're asking your opinion. You get in this mode of give, 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 yeah. give, give. And, and I was really fortunate to have uh, leaders who, and this is, I think, where humility comes in, mm -hmm. who gently maybe at first approached me wondering what my reaction would be. Yeah. But to say, like, you know, if you just listen or you just mm -hmm. take a breath or I feel like you've talked over people. Yeah. Um, 
and, and hard to hear, right? Because not your intention. Yeah. But, and something that takes tons of practice like tons of practice so much practice and I think sometimes we transition into these leadership positions coming from a place where we were expected to just give 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 and consistently have answers and solutions and then we're put into this place where now we just like you said really have to slow down Mm -hmm. and instead inquire instead of just providing solutions going forward Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest things I did was work with a group um, helping them implement the national standard, mm-hmm. um, and and we and we did a guarding minds at work survey, and then in coaching them um, that they needed to not just provide solutions. So a lot of those conversations went like this. I walked in and said, "Well, you know, what have you done today in the area of wellness? Right? Because you must have done some great things." Mm-hmm. And the the theme of all these groups that I met with the initial conversations was the long list of stuff that they did and how potentially ungrateful the employees response yeah. were and and you know in in talking to them and in trying to convince them that probably you're not addressing the right issues mm-hmm. right and so to get to the issues you really need to ask the questions of your employees and so walking with them through the journey of asking the questions hearing the hard truths mm-hmm. and then finding solutions and seeing um, how positive uh, taking that approach can be. It's really a lesson that you can take. You can take into everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when you go into workplace, starting with just great questions, yeah. right? And and having those moments of silence, and having those even when you think you're ready and now you want to provide your feedback, stopping to ask that really important anything else yeah. or what else question mm-hmm. to make sure people are truly done and sometimes people don't even know when they're done I think until they're left in that uncomfortable silence maybe trying to fill the gap (laughs) and meet that expectation right and then that that is sometimes when they come up with the best stuff I love that you said hearing the hard truths I think that's so important I think that's a hurdle so many organizations are afraid to overcome because they think if we engage our staff, we're just going to open a can of worms and who knows what's going to come out of it. And are they going to ask us for astronomical things that we can't provide and then we'll disappoint them. And now we have staff who are not engaged, but also they despise us for not doing what they ask. And that's a really tough place to be in. And I know with um, the Guarding Minds at Work survey and on the agenda when you're engaging staff, there are two amazing resources that really try and cover that piece too of asking your staff for solutions that are no cost, low cost. So Mm -hmm. you can almost in the beginning, just stop that from happening and make it very realistic for you and your staff to try and accomplish some of those victories that they want to see. So what is the most noble thing you've witnessed a leader do? You know, it seems so simple, but I shared, I think this, we were in our last group, we were co-facilitating and I shared this and I love this. So without revealing um, any client names, um, I I, I went to this meeting and uh, the head of HR at that time introduced his team Mm -hmm. in the most amazing way. So we were just doing that round table and you know, it's usually like name, title, name, title. And he was like, this is Rebecca. And we could not move this program forward without Rebecca. And she brings this wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. to the table. And, and 
and everybody had this like this extraordinary introduction oh. that showed their value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then to me, that like it's the simple things, mm-hmm. right? Because in in a meeting that really wasn't about them. Um, they just maybe wanted their input. He took opportunities to assign and show value to those people and to everyone else outwardly. And so it made me thinking, like, what else does this man do during his day to provide value to his staff? And I guarantee you that these people would do anything for this organization Mm -hmm. because they feel valued and important and and part of that culture they're really bought into it and i love that you shared that example because i remember you sharing it in class and then having the conversation with you about oh my gosh like so many amazing examples and ideas come from this conversation that we have in the module where we always ask you know what's the most positive thing you've seen a leader do and then that's when you were like you should start a podcast like (laughs) why why are you not sharing this knowledge with the world and then I was like okay we're gonna start a podcast so Rhonda really was my inspiration (laughs) she was my hype girl she pushed me there and so I'm thrilled you shared that example because like you said it's so simple it didn't cost him anything but time and the acknowledgement he gave to his employees, like I can't imagine how much that must build them up mm-hmm. before a meeting. And you think about so many employees who go into meetings who are quiet and feel like, I don't know if I can share in this group because I'm not sure if they'll value what I have to say. Whereas he just sets the tone immediately and makes all of them feel that sense of worth mm-hmm. that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I love that example. Um, so what as a leader has been your biggest challenge? I think, you know, honestly, I think, I think your biggest challenge is, um, assumptions, at least my biggest challenge mm-hmm. is assumptions, right? Is really trying to, um, and my whole career, I've said to multiple leaders, right? We're going into this situation. Maybe someone's coming back from a disability leave. Maybe we're trying to, uh, improve your wellness program. Maybe we're trying to improve, uh, the kind of the skill set in the area of mental health and psychological safety of your leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, but, trying not to come but don't come in with assumptions let's start Mm. at level one let's blank slate and talk about um what is it that you need what is your vision and then let's build the roadmap together of how to get there and so as a leader even in myself right it's really easy to give great advice to people yeah (laughs) (laughs) do as they say not as they do but walking into every situation with oftentimes the history Mm -hmm. um that you have with a with a, a client that yeah. you're working with or a group of people and to leave those assumptions behind mm-hmm. and and really assume good intent yeah. um and try to work with people on their vision and then how do we get to that vision together yeah and i think that is something so many people struggle with right i think we have this innate ability to kind of burn bridges after we've been scarred by something and it could have been with that person you're meeting with for a second third time it could have been someone from your past who is just like a trigger that this individual in front of you reminds you of them and it is so hard sometimes to leave that at the door but i Mm -hmm. think i think there's such greatness in that idea of 
okay, I'm going to walk in here, like you said, clean slate. But you know what? If you feel those judgments coming up again, just know you're human. And it's kind of like you just have to backtrack a little and say, okay, I acknowledge this. I recognize this. But again, we're just going to start from the beginning and have that clean slate again and and try to just listen rather than listening. I mean, listen. we talked about it. <laughs> it's that key word, right? If, it, yeah. if, if you have one skill, listen. Listening. It's It's so key. Okay, so now that we've covered what a challenge listening and not making assumptions can be. (laughs) Which Uh, takes humility. Which absolutely (laughs) takes humility and years of practice to do. Um, I always like to end on a positive. So what has been the biggest triumph for you as a leader? You know, I I, I think the biggest triumph is when you have someone that's very resistant at the beginning mm-hmm. and 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 generally because they haven't been heard before they don't have a level of trust mm-hmm. um and you can go in and make someone feel safe mm-hmm. and comfortable um like i think that's huge and valued and so the, then that ability to kind of go with you anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Like they come with you on the journey in total trust. And and to me, the triumph is when that relationship starts closed. Yeah. Right? Um, and I mean, I've had examples of, of people who were resistant to work with me, who came in with their own assumptions, were convinced, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> were convinced just, just to give me that opportunity. And, and, you know, when I look at the amazing things that we did in the end, mm-hmm. whether that be um, leaders I've worked with in the, our own organization at Great West Life, yeah. right, because we had history and then we're in different roles and, and met together. And, in fact, I was just having a conversation with someone like that or whether that be like a client mm-hmm. who, um, you know, just felt like I just don't need one more person and, and kind of had that door halfway closed yeah. and, and, and to look where you end up at the end of the day. And that's the biggest triumph, right? Because you've, you have found a way to use all those skills mm-hmm. to open the door to, like to really create that collaborative, trusting, open opportunity where you are now, instead of working side by side, you're really on this journey together, which mm-hmm. which, which is an amazing feeling. And I find sometimes those people who in the beginning can be most resistant or most guarded, um, by the end are your biggest champion you know that absolutely they, they've witnessed the greatness and the warmth and the empathy and then by the end like they have your back for the rest of time well maybe not the rest of time but, but- for quite a while <laughs> <laughs> and you know what and 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 i hope is that you know when you when you can when you can show someone mm-hmm. um that level of openness that then they they all even if it's unknowingly extend that to others mm-hmm. right because yeah. I think we're all reflective I I really truly believe that we're we're kind of reflective in our practices and mm-hmm. and uh so that that's kind of like you know that pass on the smile yes. yeah yeah that's so true that idea of 
Um, now when they go into a situation where someone is a little apprehensive towards them, their first thought is not going to be, well, I need to be on the defensive here and protect myself. Instead, it's, okay, what has led to this? Mm -hmm. And how can I ensure going forward we're on a positive note Mm -hmm. and really building that relationship, whether it's personal or work-related? Absolutely. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so thrilled we got to do this. Um, So this is Sarah sounding off on another episode of Noble Leaders Having Noble Conversations. 